0: In the heart of the woodlands across open fields and even in bustling urban environments a folkloric presence reigns supreme the red fox's fiery coat and wily spirit have earned it a place in legends but beyond the myths lies a resilient predator navigating the intricate dance of survival by finding and pouncing on unseen food Still, this legendary predator uses a near supernatural attunement to the earth to catch prey in life, death, and taxonomy. and taxonomy your 30 minutes of interesting animal information I'm Joe
1: and I'm Carlos
0: thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song to hear more of Cassie's music please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify
1: and thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork to check that out you can visit us at our home on the web at alditaxonomy.com and a very special thank you to our patrons to Jesse Raspalich, Carol Raspalich, Richard Kaspar Lottie Aubrey and Gray Hughes thank you so much for your support it's greatly appreciated thanks for helping us keep the lights on
0: and today we're talking about a predator that will give Mouse Dutch Schaefer a run for his money. But more on that later.
1: That sounds like a reference of something.
0: Yeah, Dutch Schaefer is the m- name of Arnold's character in The Predator.
1: Is it really? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> he's clearly a Schaefer.
1: I would be, uh, I would. Be, <laughs> I mean, I guess there are some hardcore fans. Of that movie, but I feel like the average person would not know the character's name. It's just Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He's just that's that's his. He's just there.
0: I guess he could be a Schaefer because that is a German surname, Germanic surname. But it's not. It's not like. uh, What's his name in (laughs) Harold? Harold. What's his last name like? I don't know. Something.
1: Yeah, Harold Finkelstein or something like that. some some, <laughs> some like s- super suburban like an um, American suburban. Well, if he's like a Finkelstein,
0: this. he could also be from like Germany or a Germanic country.
1: Maybe I I just remember it not like this this you know seven foot Austrian is this is not his name. <laughs> um, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna call it here the Fox and the Found. And Sly Guy. Like Shy Guy? Sly Guy? Like sly? Like a box?
0: You could have also called him John Elroy Sanford.
1: That's a thing. I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: You know the show Sanford and Son? I do. The name of the stage name of for the actor that plays the main guy that's always having heart attacks is red fox with two d's and two x's.
1: I've never understood goofy stage names for actors. Um like this is Ice Cube, this is Common. I mean they have they're like rappers so that's rappers? their name. But, but like this, th- you're an guy, actor this... now. Like you're a person. Put your name up there. <laughs> Why are you Common? <laughs> like <laughs> Um
0: uh well this guy like this is before he had to consider the SEO ramifications of being named Red fox <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just yeah um I think it's kind of uh goofy when you're uh a grown up with a nickname like that uh and that goes for musicians as well. I'm looking at you sting and slash and B- Sidister gates. <laughs> Oh, uh, just that it never gets old. <coughs> um, and The Edge? Really? You're an adult. For your parents. <laughs> um. <laughs> let's taxonomize the Red Fox, shall we? Not the Sanford and Sons actor, the animal. Um. The kingdom is one you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is core data Class is Mammalia. This is one that I got without looking. Um, <laughs> I already knew that the genus and species, w- what those were, so I got the rest of them right. The uh, so class is Mammalia. The order is Carnivora, because uh, you know that if it is a mammal and it eats, uh, it eats meat, then it is it, Carnivora. Um, the, the family is Canidae basically in the in the dogish family um the genus if it is eats
0: meat. it's carnivora is not true
1: if it's a if it's in mama- if it's a mammal and it eats meat it was most likely in carnivora at least if it's not a mammal th- then it's not in carnivora <laughs> whether it eats meat or not anyway the Dear family's candidate birds the genus is vulpes and the species is vulpes <laughs> vulpes Volpeys. So since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. critter Groups, the part of the show where I ask you Joe a question. and That question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? We're talking we're talking foxes here. And I don't though the- I think the last time we did a fox was the that snarky-looking fox from Africa. I forgot what his name was.
0: <laughs> the Tibetan...
1: Was it the Tibet... No, that's the Tibetan wolf, right?
0: No. Tibetan fox. I'm
1: pretty uh, sure. Tibetan fox, yes. you're right. And we did the Corsac <laughs> fox last year. So so I, I don't think we've done this term of entry yet, but... Uh so if you saw a group of foxes, would you call it A a skulk of foxes? B a den of foxes? C a huddle of foxes? Or D a trick of foxes?
0: A trick of foxes is good. Den, final answer.
1: That is incorrect. Is it a they trick? They do live in dens, but they their their groups are not called dens. Their groups are called skulks.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty good one, actually. Yeah, it works. A sly fox skulking about.
1: Yeah. Skulk. It's just weird because it's one of those like verbs that has been turned into a noun for a collective noun. It's like, oh, it's a. Oh, I guess I can't really. uh, A murder. There we go. No, a murder's a noun. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't pull one off the top of my head here but skulk is one where it's like it's not a noun outside of describing a group of foxes. But yeah it's a skulk of foxes. Would you like to hear what a fox looks like? A red fox looks like. Sure. Uh, A red fox is what you think of when I said fox. (laughs) Unless you (laughs) thought of Lucius Fox.
0: Or red fox the actor.
1: Good on you. Or Jamie Fox. I suppose is another one. There's lots of foxes out there. It's one of the most uh, iconic animals. It is an adorable medium-sized cat dog thing. It has large, wide, pointy ears that stick straight up, a long, thin snout with beady little eyes. Back, its back and head are covered in bright orange fur. Its cheeks and chest are white, with a, a long, kind of blackish orange legs and a bushy, grayish orange tail. Um, but that is only describing one of eight different m- color morphs that um, a red fox can have, depending on how much uh, melanization their uh, fur has undergone. So there is the uh, the smoky variant, which I, I'm, I'm sure tastes delicious. Um, <laughs> there's the cross variant. The blackish brown, the silver, the platinum, a platinum fox, uh, uh, amber, and samson. There's a samson fox. I mean, it's it's all, they're all red foxes. They're all under the same species, but uh, this is different shades that, they're, uh, that their coats can have. So some of them are self-evident, like silver or blackish brown, um, but it's just different. You know, one might have a black tail and grey legs or a silver coat all throughout or it it must be pretty hard to tell these guys from like grey foxes, which are also grey sometimes. Um but nope, different species. <clears throat> but what the the one that if if you've seen a fox in a in a movie or show or book it's the main color morph of the red fox most likely but i said they're medium-sized cat dog things how medium-sized are they how medium are they
0: (laughs) extremely medium
1: so medium (laughs) so mid Uh, i
0: keep seeing a video that's um that's that's about foxes and it says uh, it's called dog hardware cat software is what a fox is
1: <laughs> uh yeah that, that makes uh, a little bit of sense although I'd well, s- they, their behavior is can be very doggish at
0: times well welcome to beloved the beloved measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It is also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of, audio of yourself singing. saying I can't speak words. Saying. Fox got your singing, tongue. Or chittering. I guess a fox might do a chatter or a chitter. Oh, there's Other so words, many things that foxes do. We don't have a new measure up intro. Uh, which means we get to hear from a fox, and Carlos gets to guess who it is.
1: There's so many to choose from. There so. are. And since Let's you've, see.
0: Since you've taken to trying to guess it before I play it, I'm only picking the most obscure ones from now on.
1: Is it going to be the Carfax fox?
0: <laughs> That's a good option. Uh, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show.
1: Where'd he come from? Where'd you come from? What are you doing here? Canis Lupus. Vulpus, Vulpus. <laughs> I don't think he speaks English or Latin. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Fantastic Mr. Fox?
0: That is the Fantastic Mr. Fox.
1: Uh, I've not seen that movie, but um, the I think some famous voice actors... Mm-hmm. And I've, I recognize the voice as being famous. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that movie is, is like—is that George Clooney? It's George Clooney, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, that movie is like I don't love Wes Anderson's style of movie making, but um, that movie like it because it's uh, stop motion. It's ver- it suits his style. Suits stop motion really well. And I liked it. That movie's really, really funny.
1: The problem... I've seen, like, the little um, trailer that plays whenever I hover over it on Netflix or wherever it's on. And the stop motion is so rough that it's kind of... That it's kind of turned me off to to it. Um, it is kind of I mean, it, at least in comparison to, like, the like Leica stuff or... I mean, even going back to something like the Nightmare Before Christmas, it's like that's that's rough. But even that is better or less choppy, um, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox. But maybe one day. I'll, but at
0: least I'll it's like it. There, he's trying to make it look nice rather than what every other stop motion studio apparently does. And just like it, they, let's make it grotesque,
1: make the ugliest things they could possibly make. Yeah. Um, no. You should watch Kubo and the Two Strings. That's a pretty good one. And not everything okay. is, and it's 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 got beauty in it. It's not the the, <laughs> it's not all um the, the um misadventures of Flapjack, on, <laughs> on uh, <laughs> in the grotesque department, um, I yeah I I actually made a little list of potential foxes that you could use, just <laughs> so that I remember. There's Nick Wilde from. Zootopia, there's Robin Hood obviously from the old Robin Mm -hmm. Hood there's Mr. Fox from the Chronicles of Narnia, there's the fantastic Mr. Fox and then of course there's Todd
0: yep those were all contenders but then I saw the Wes Anderson one and I knew you wouldn't like think of that first it's Uh, also the
1: only one I didn't recognize (laughs) all the other ones I've seen many times so
0: um. Let's talk length. Oh, I almost did Tails. Uh, from Sonic. Ah, oh, I guess Tails is a fox. But I, it, all the clips I found were like him saying Sonic. Like, so you would know immediately, like. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably wouldn't have been able to tell you what the character's name was. I would have been like, it's the it's the fox from Sonic.
0: Really, you um, don't know the Tails. I've never bro- I guess seen you never. Any...
1: – I've never played a Sonic game.
0: All little brothers know tales.
1: Or watched – I've never watched the Sonic movies or any of the TV shows. I've just never consumed Sonic content at all. It's not <laughs> interesting to me. Um. Anyway.
0: Well, let's talk length. They're between 45 and 90 centimeters or 18 to 35 inches how many red foxes go into the length of a cat o nine tails Ooh. I was thinking about nine-tails, the Pokemon, and then I looked up, there's a thing called that, right? But it's a cat-o-nine-tails.
1: Yeah. I think nine, the nine-tails is also like a Japanese demon uh, because it's...
0: Or a, like a yokai.
1: Yeah, it's part of, like, the Naruto thing where he, he he's possessed by a fox spirit. So here's a hint.
0: The Cat O' Nine Tails is an instrument of punishment for floggings that dates back to six, the 1600s in England. It is a <laughs> braided, braided handle with the ends that um, split apart into nine thin whips.
1: That um that hint was very helpful because when you said cat 09 nine tails, all, I was just thinking of I think they're just called cattails, the um
0: oh the thing that everyone wants to eat but also tastes
1: really bad the reed yeah the pond reed <laughs> it looks I was like, like oh those pl- are like six dog. feet tall so it's like it's probably like two of them right <laughs> it's that that's not bad uh, no you're talking about a flogging instrument <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I mean that can be probably a bit longer, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen a video of
0: somebody eat trying to eat it like a corn dog?
1: It does look like a, it does look so tasty, like a corn it's dog. It's so
0: because it's like a million tiny little bits, and people eat it and it like turns to powder, and like they're just it's like it's disgusting. It's <laughs> I've so never funny. seen
1: somebody try to eat it. I've also never tried to eat one myself. I don't know; I those need-
0: could be toxic.
1: Because I know in my heart of hearts that it's not a corn dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be. Because <laughs> of the couldn't. curse of Adam and how hard it is to till the soil, there's no way you, wild you corn dogs Can you imagine if corn grew. dogs just
1: grew out of the <laughs> ground like that naturally? <laughs> there would be no curse. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-microwaved too? Oh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: from, from uh, heat from the earth.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it can't be that easy. Otherwise, um, we, yeah, definitely, um, wouldn't have been part of the curse. Um, so we're going to say nine feet for the cat of nine tails, which means three. I'm saying three foxes going to the length of a cat of nine tails. Final answer. Yes.
0: The correct answer is
1: one. A oh, short little thing. I'm picturing like a bullwhip, I guess.
0: In movies, you're all—it's always like bullwhips that people, like people, are standing like five, ten feet away from the people they're whipping in movies. But in reality, like you wouldn't—you'd stand right
1: next to them. Um, Not if you want to get don't don't want to get blood all over you, right?
0: That's true. Maybe you should use a bullwhip. the The cat oh nine nine tails is an instrument of punishment. I already said that the cat uh it is ninety seven centimeters or thirty eight and a quarter inch.
1: So it's like one point one. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's way off. Definitely not a nursing school victory.
0: Uh, let's talk weight. Maybe you'll have better luck. They're two point two to fourteen kilograms, or four point nine to thirty point nine pounds. Wide range. Um, How many eastern meadow voles would a fox have to eat to eat its weight in voles? Man, he's worth his weight in voles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The city of voles. Not
0: all that glitters is voles. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I like that a lot. Streets are paved with voles. Here's a hint. <laughs> That's North my favorite America,
1: Shia LaBeouf movie. Vols. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs>
1: by North favorite, America, I mean the only one that I can stand to watch.
0: <laughs> Fury?
1: Okay, Fury's pretty good.
0: Um, a vole in, is the same thing as a field mouse. Did you know that? I didn't know it was the same thing. Voles look like mice, hamsters, and lemmings. But they have stocky bodies and they usually sit on powerful hind legs.
1: Wait, so voles are the road things road that little bunny fufu was bopping on the head?
0: Yeah, <laughs> those poor voles. Little bunny fufu.
1: No, those were meese mice. No, he's, <laughs> he's no, he's picking up the field mice and bopping them on the head.
0: Oh, I think I'm. There's a different version from a TV show. They say meese mice. But yeah, you're right. They're, I've they're never I've heard reverse. that before.
1: I've never heard that before, and I am up to my shoulders in children's uh, song content.
0: Look up "We Sing Little Bunny Fufu," Foo Foo, and there's just horrifying, uh, like people wearing co- colorful animal costumes, and they say. Little Bunny Foo Foo scooping up the Meesey Mice and bopping them on the head.
1: Interesting. Uh, My son has moved on to Zabumafoo and actively asks for it, and I'm never looking back.
0: That is a beautiful time in a person's life. uh, Yes,
1: I'm having. I finally want to watch what they're watching. Um, And also, like. Sometimes I'm jotting down like, oh, that would be an animal to do.
0: Is he still afraid of the claymation section with the... No. On this child show that's educational about animals, they're just making of r- fake animals.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's funny because also at the zoo, they have this this lantern light thing that they're doing right now, which is really impressive, actually. And the, most of the lanterns are real animals. Um. In fact, some of them look real from a distance. That that's how well these lanterns are done. And then for a little while, they just had like unicorns and dragons and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was like, but 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 son, these ones aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this is not a real thing. We, we passed a jaguar. That one was that 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 was a lantern of a real animal. This is not a real thing. Um. But yeah, yeah. So he's no longer scared of the the claim, claymation the Zabu land sections.
0: No, um, okay, good.
1: It's just a it's just a joy to relive that nostalgia, um, and also continue learning about animals. So, um, all right, back Not to the voles. task at hand. Good vols. Way, I'm gonna say. Eight ounces, half a pound. Ounces are the heaviest thing, so it's probably way too much. They probably weigh one ounce, but we're gonna go with eight. So I'm gonna say sixty. I'm gonna say sixty. I'm gonna say seventy, just to just to give a, put a little cheddar on there, because I I think that maybe half a pound is too much. <laughs> so uh, seventy vols go into the weight of your. Average red fox.
0: Final answer. Yes. The correct answer is two hundred and seventy-four. <laughs> you were right. A vol is around zero uh, point eight to one point eight ounces. Uh, Twenty-three yeah. to fifty-one grams.
1: Yes, there we go. Grams. That. I I'm every time we do this, I'm becoming more and more of an advocate of the metric system. <laughs>
0: Grams are good.
1: I think that I th- I think ounces are way too big to be this the the smallest unit of weight. I think seconds, even though everybody uses seconds, I think seconds are way too long to be the smallest unit of time. I'm ounces still are too big.
0: Fahrenheit though.
1: Fahrenheit is pretty good because. I'm, I'm, I I'm. guess I'm all for, like, granularity. Break it down a little bit more. Cels, each centigrade is too big. Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, it, it, Fahrenheit allows you to be more precise because Celsius is so imprecise that it's like, at some point, I kind of want to be like, can you turn it up to, like, 14 and a half?
0: I mean, can you the imagine centigrade 451 that book would be melting (laughs) molecules (laughs) (laughs) celsius 450
1: that's uh that's absolute heat right there um (laughs) centigrade 451 (laughs) um all right we're all good with the measure up Time for some fast facts before we get to the the major car facts. Yeah. All right. So the red fox lives primarily in the northern hemisphere, but it lives all over the place. Uh, It lives in a large swath of eastern North America, all of Europe, most of Asia, even a smidge of North Africa in the Moroccan region. Um, And it also has been introduced to southern Australia. So it is an invasive species over there. Uh, and a pretty raucous one at that. Given the fact that uh, it eats everything. It's an uh, it's an omnivore. Um, and because they live all over the world. The red fox has been shown to eat more than 300 different animal species. As well as several dozen plant species. Um, they need to eat at least 18 ounces of uh, food every day. Which is a little bit more than a pound. Um and they eat uh, pretty much anything that's smaller than they are, um, as well as sometimes things that are bigger. But mostly they eat voles, like you mentioned, um, ground squirrels, hamsters, gerbils, woodchucks, gophers, small mammals is their is their is their bread and butter. Well, they <laughs> go well on with bread and butter at least. Um but they'll also eat blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, cherries, persimmons, grapes. and they'll also eat grass, grasses and sedges, roots, things like that. um they'll eat they if they can uh take down uh a young ungulate like a deer a or something like that. a ungulate if you will. carl ungulate <laughs> <laughs> um that's gonna be my
0: new rapper name
1: the the youngulate and the famous <clears throat> um then they'll go yeah they will go after the the young of uh of larger animals like deer uh and they'll there's they'll also scavenge food they will eat carrion or the kill They'll scare off the uh predators that have taken down larger prey and um and uh, eat the eat the carrion. Um, males are called Todd's. Huh. and females are called vixens. Todd's and vixens makes me want to open like a fox themed restaurant, just so, so can- that I can put Todd's and vixens on the on the bathroom doors, like uh, blokes and sheila's at Outback. Um. <laughs> Although unfortunately, they would just turn into like a furry restaurant, and I'm not about that. So, <laughs> um, so and also so because they live all over the world, they have all they have a very wide diet, but they also have a wide range of predators. Um, there are leopards and eagles and lynxes, cougars, bobcats, wolves, coyotes, owls, lots of animals. Uh, prey on the red fox Uh, but researchers believe that they sometimes cooperate with other animals they believe that uh, there's a sort of mutualism that exists between Eurasian badgers and red foxes because the fox will leave scraps of food uh, behind after it eats and the badger keeps the den clean so it's kind of like one keeps the house clean and the other one brings home the bacon it's just a it's a marriage from straight out of the 50s right um it's the it's the incredibles (laughs) uh but it's just jack it's just uh mr fox and mr badger until mr toad drives a car through their house um so they not only uh are preyed upon by other animals but they also compete with other animals for food since they eat so many different kinds of food they'll um Especially carcasses that are left behind, so they'll 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 have to fight off like hyenas and wolves, other foxes, jackals, buzzards. Um, just when a when an animal goes down, everybody wants a piece. Um, and then the last thing I have is there. Remember back there was a viral video called "What What Does the Fox Say?" Mm-hmm. Um, which is just. The, it's funny that that video was like, yeah, like what does the fox say? Uh, I I know what the cow says and what the dog says and what the horse says, but I don't know what the fox says. There, most animals I don't know what they say. <laughs> like, it's it's uh, especially most like mammals. Like, what what do they say? Um, there's only like a handful of ones that we learn from a young age. Which again, I'm up to my shoulders in, um to the animal, animal sounds. Um, but now going through like the animal book that my son likes so much, uh, I realize I don't know the vocalizations of most of them. And he asks about each one. He'll ask about what each one eats, where it lives and, um, and what it says. And it's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what the emu says. I don't know what the platypus says. I I don't know what the shrimp says.
0: (laughs) (laughs) shrimp doesn't say anything
1: it says blub blub, blah blub right
0: (laughs) um, platypus that's a good
1: question what does a platypus say
0: well did you find out did you look up the sound of a fox
1: Uh, yeah so a fox says quite a bit they have a wide range of vocalizations that span five octaves uh, and they do a lot of different kinds of sounds including barking huffing whining shrieking geckering which is like a rattling kind of sound, um, wailing, warbling, and chirping, um, which they will use. Uh, and they they've been split into two different categories. One set of sounds is to, is for it's called contact calls. So these are these are the sounds they will use to um, locate each other if they're far away. Um. Uh, and. The other section is interaction calls, which are uh, they communicate levels of friendliness or aggression. Um, So based on if they are coming up against a rival or something they need to scare off or a predator, they might use one sound. Or they're coming across um, one of their kits or um, a member of their skulk, then they might use a different one. So, and that's all I got. You can uh, for 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 the for the fa- fast fox. If
0: that's the fast facts. I'll show you mm-hmm. the car fox. Well, let's talk about the major fact, which I which I am calling animal magnetism.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: You might be familiar with the way foxes will jump up in the air and come down onto prey snout first, even when their food is hidden under. Snow or vegetation, but how do they do that? So foxes have large ears that can help them hunt when visual confirmation of food is not available. So researchers, though, believe that they might have another technique to precisely pinpoint their snacks called magnetoreception. And that's when... Um, Eric Lenshire gets married and they have snacks and, uh, a cocktail hour.
1: Oh, I thought that's when he, uh, because he's in the same building as you, the reception you get on your cell phone is just absolutely garbage.
0: Oh no, no, no. It's when like you it's go like, to ah, his ah man, office. Eric's here.
1: We got Magneto reception. I can't, I can't pull up the recipe. <laughs>
0: No, it's like when you I can't when search when for homes on Zillow anymore. at the front desk.
1: Oh, yes. It's when he's the maitre d'. It's magneto <laughs> reception.
0: Uh, but how do we possibly know this, that they have this magneto reception? Uh, a 2011 research paper says that foxes seem to have better success when they are facing northeast when they're hunting. Same. Uh, when they're doing one of these diving... Diving, mouse-catching adventures. So attacks toward the north where cover is increased, um, uh, they're more successful than attacks in other directions. So researchers ruled out other factors that might explain this directional preference, including the time of day, season, cloud cover, and wind direction. So this could be a case of magnetic alignment that enhances the precision of hunting attacks. Um, Foxes likely use hearing as a primary means of hunting small concealed prey. (laughs) Did I say they use? Yeah, they use hearing. That's like their main go to when they can't see what what they're hunting for. But the magnetic alignment might help them judge distance precisely. So, and this is similar to the theory that migratory birds use magnetic fields uh, to judge the distance to the horizon.
1: Uh, And salmon Mm -hmm. as well possibly use magnetic fields to find their way back to their home stream.
0: I'm a little wary. That magnetic field is like dark matter. It's a placeholder for stuff we can't really explain.
1: But I don't get uh, it. It's magnets, right? It just must be magnets. Yeah. It's magic. It's natural uh, magic.
0: So foxes, uh, it might work like, like this. Like the fox is able to estimate the distance moving forward until the sound source that they're listening to coincides with the... Inclination of the magnetic field. In other words, they're using both of the both hearing and the magnetic field to triangulate precise distance. And so they'll walk forward until it like it pings, I guess. So like, but what does that mean? How does it how does the fox perceive the magnetic field? So the paper suggested a few mechanisms for this ability. Including a mag a magneti- mag, magnetite based compass or a light dependent ra- uh, radical pair reaction in the retina. I don't know what those words mean, but I know retina means eyeball.
1: That's- I just know that in any fruit salad, you do not want a radical pair reaction. <laughs>
0: That pair as in two, the so this <laughs> this could mediate the magnetic targeting system. Or this this could mean this. I heard it um, explained like a heads up display in their vision that helps them locate their prey, like
1: they the have predator. Google Glass.
0: Yeah, which like so like. Literally on the their eyeballs, there's like something reacts with the magnetic field that triangulates with the hearing that tells of the distance. Sounds like we don't know what we're talking about because, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, the it sounds like spitballing for the mechanism. But we don't really know how like a lot of animals that are said to be able to use magnetic fields of the earth to get around and judge distance. We don't really know how they do it, but, um, they're able to do kind of amazing things with no senses we can perceive.
1: And without a sextant.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. And if you think about it like if you're hearing something underneath snow or underneath foliage how would they be able to like jump high into the air and come right down on it and they and they said that the success when they're facing northeast is like 75% of successful hunts happen when they're facing northeast. So like why would they need to face the same direction every time? Um very intriguing. Uh, if only we could just be like under like see a fox's vision. If only we so could just So if you're if you're a
1: vole scurrying under the snow and a fox is s- southwest of you, you are done for
0: yeah you need lead lined uh, coats tiny little lead coats
1: or just like move in a cardinal direction until you're no longer northeast of the fox and then you should but if you move to too
0: much then they'll just go they'll go old fashioned and see or, you. <laughs> or the
1: fox will just orient itself so that you're uh, still northeast.
0: But yeah, that's all I got.
1: Can so basically magnet magic.
0: magic. When they started talking about they might have a heads-up display, obviously it's not like a heads-up display, but it's like something in their field of vision that like, twitches when they're in accordance with this magnetic field what the heck sci-fi animals who did this
1: yeah what is it it's like a cybernetic fox (laughs) i'm surprised that hasn't been done already like isle of dogs
0: i mean just in general uh you know Isle of Dogs, but you don't know Fantastic Mr. Fox.
1: I've not seen Isle of Dogs. I I saw a poster of it and one of the dogs had a cybernetic eye and so that's where I went. <laughs> it's it an adorable adorable dog thing with a, with a that was half cyborg, so
0: made by the same people.
1: Yeah, same Wes Anderson in the same situation. style. Um looks smoother yeah. though, a lot smoother than uh Mr. Fox though. By the way, foxes do not make good pets. Even though they look like they would. They are wild animals. Uh true. and the crap brothers always say <laughs> uh never get close to an animal you don't know. Uh and only only touch an animal if it, an adult says it's okay. Like Zob, you know, like Zabu. Uh, did you? I couldn't hear I most you of what you just else?
0: said, but uh, did you? Did you end the episode with like Zabu?
1: No. I still have my ending. Okay.
0: Well, do it. We, I can't hear you.
1: You can't. Okay, so for you out there in Podcastia, for all of you todds and Vixens out there in Podcastia, expand your diet. Find a nice badger to settle down with and use magnets to get around like the red fox here in life, death, and taxonomy.
0: Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shout-outs on the show, but ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow, so if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in
1: the world podcast. <laughs>
0: I heard all that I heard all that